0: I delight in your commands because I love them, I reach out for.
1: Welcome to the Stone Pillar Podcast, where we explore the teaching ministry of uh, South Paris Baptist Church. I am your host, Dane Sampson, and today we have a special guest with us.
2: Yes, we do. Um, I'm, I'm the co-host, uh, Brian Wilbur, and we're joined uh, by Jonathan Vail. Uh, welcome to the podcast.
3: Hello. Glad to be here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so the, the kind of the, the, the thing that inspired uh, bringing Jonathan on today um, is that uh, very beginning of this year, 2024, you released an album, music album uh, with, with 17 songs, and uh, I just want to start off in all seriousness by uh, commending you for, for this work, I mean, you know, to, ha- to, have a, you know, to have a body of work that is compiled together um, is a it's it's a it's an achievement. Uh, it's a lot of work, and I you know I really I really appreciate the album, uh, both the both the content and the music. It's 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 a it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to listen to, and it's it's and it's you know very. I think you used the word substantive. We were talking on the way over here. Very very substantive. Uh, you know, in terms of the content. Um, so so thank you thank you for. Thank you for sharing your work. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump right in. I got some questions for you, and and you know what, however this interaction is gonna go, Um, but just to start off with, I'm just curious, uh, you know, like what's like what what's like what's the your history in terms of how music has intersected with your you know, with your life, with your with your spiritual journey, with your engagement with God?
3: Well, I, at first, I really didn't like music. And I was homeschooled, and so mom said, you're going to play piano. I'm like, oh, I don't want to play piano. Ew. <laughs> so I, I learned a little bit of music theory, and it wasn't until I went to college and I saw people playing guitar. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play guitar. I have no idea how. I'm just going to start trying. And then, uh, so my first roommate at college was not very happy that I was trying to learn how to play guitar because he did it because I wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then from there, just uh, got to play at uh, camps and learned to play different worship songs until then trying to take a stab at writing some of my own music. And most of it, I didn't like in the beginning. I'm like, well, I'm I'm trying. (laughs) And uh, as, as time has gone on, it's uh, just evolved with life and music. So most of the songs are kind of like just a piece, like in art, uh, you kind of put yourself into your art. And, right. and in the same sense, it happens with music, where there's a, a, a piece of myself or ourselves in our music that we share. And when, when that's shared, there's this moment of, should I actually ever share this with anybody or should I never share it with anybody Mm -hmm. because it's actually me out there Mm -hmm. and uh, whether people like it or not, that's nothing, but there's an element of just, am I comfortable with what people's criticisms, likes, dislikes are going to do and am I comfortable enough that I can live with that? And and so it's kind of a a backdrop. So just uh, a wrestling match in one sense to be able to be comfortable enough to let it go. And the other sense, just trying to, I don't know if maybe you've experienced it, whether preaching, but the first time you ever heard your voice on a recording. And uh, my response was, ew, that's (laughs) what I sound like? And there's this sense of having to overcome that because you are constantly analyzing your music and, and so it's... It's been something that's been part of my life and uh, been a challenge at times. Sometimes I put it down because I just don't have time anymore, or I had eczema in my hand for a while and mm-hmm. I couldn't play for a bit because I'd bleed all over the guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's, mm-hmm. that wasn't very helpful at that
2: time. Now <clears throat> I, I've heard I've heard you say I've heard I've heard you say before. Um, hopefully, I'm not misrepresenting uh, your thought here. Uh, you, you can. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard you say before, like in the context of in the context context of worship, that uh, you kind of see music as something that helps to bridge the the truth with the mm. with the the heart and experience of the worshipper. And I just is is that is that how you, do you largely see music in that way, in terms of connecting the human heart to reality, to truth? How do you? How, how do you well, think? I think
3: it does because. Our bodies are quite literally electric, like you, your brain sends a charge through your body and, and so our bodies operate with frequencies. And our emotions are moved at times through certain frequencies, whether positive, negative, or neutral. And so music has this sense of amplifying what we're doing. So whether you're a skilled musician and you can Um, I'm going to use the word manipulate, but manipulate has kind of a bad connotation. Manipulate's neither negative nor positive. It's like you manipulated a sculpture. It's not good or bad, but it often carries a negative connotation. But the same thing works with speech. Someone who's skilled with his speech can articulate and communicate to people in a way which really touches their heart and their soul because he knows how to use his craft. And Mm -hmm. I see music and words kind of the same thing. If we can become skilled and and just like any skill it can be used for good or it can be used for evil Um, and music can be used to kind of break down some of those barriers that we have in our hearts and we are not willing to forgive somebody. And sometimes some of those deeper tones can evoke something combined with a message and put that together with the Holy Spirit. And you've got a, a, a nice right hand hook coming at you with, positive things that that can happen. Mm -hmm. So I see music as a powerful tool. Um, Even you go back in Scripture, I think it was Elijah, whenever he wanted to prophesy, he'd call the minstrel before he needed to prophesy. So in some fashion, hearing from God for Elijah required the frequency of music in in, in some fashion. So so there's more connected to music than maybe we often are willing to think about, just Mm -hmm. because maybe we just don't.
1: Mm -hmm. How has your spiritual journey informed your musical inspiration or vice versa? How has your musical inspiration informed your spiritual journey? I think it's
3: kind of like a hand-in-hand hand thing. Some days one pulls the other. Sure. Yep. So there are times when maybe we're so hurt or broken that we can't think of anything to say or process. Mm-hmm. And sometimes music comes in and offers a helping hand and then other times it's the word itself or a life or a friend that kind of pulls back and then that, that music, get, the, the word gets interfaced with music and, and kind of just drawn back and forth. I mean, being influenced by other artists, um, most times I'm influenced by artists who, who really have a passion for God's word, truth, and are authentic themselves so like you can tell when people are fake like you've got like this internal radar when you've got you, you see someone up there and like oh, that, that, that that's just kind of showy then there are those people who are just like they're just being the person God made them to be and they're shining and that and that resonates on a level which I don't know that I quite know how to describe I think if we experienced it you would when, when you experience that resonation of someone being, authentic it's almost like it whispers to the inner heart and you're like oh somebody's speaking to me and i can hear them so I know that answers the question but it, it's sure. kind of like yeah. a a tug back and forth between kind of those those uh, different types of experiences
1: so when when making your music <clears throat> it sounds like you're 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 pushing for an emphasis in and being authentic and authentically portraying his word mm-hmm. And that, is that, that's That's how you would... It'd like, be real, yeah. Yeah, like how, how do you, like what's going on internally, I guess, as you're producing your music?
3: Just. Uh, depends on the mode of production. Sometimes I'll have the the music is what leads something and, or, and I'll just say whatever pops into my head and I'll be like, oh, that's great, or oh, that is awful. <laughs> I'm not using that. And it could be coming with a metered structure like some of the psalms in there was there's some words here i want to interpose with music um and one kind of dictates the other and then then there's the work of harmonizing that so that the music and the words are cooperating and cooperating could be the intent of a message so if i wanted to create dissonance and chaos because that's part of an emotion of some sort, then you could use music and words to create dissonance and chaos, because that's actually the thing you're trying to create, or I'm trying to create in that moment. So it's not always that it has to be harmonious, but what's the, what's the message that is being attempted to be portrayed in this moment?
1: Sure. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Are, are there, are there a, a couple examples of singer-songwriters who who have made a particular impression upon you because of their ability to convey truth in a in a way that seemed very authentic to, to you?
3: Uh, Rich Mullins was one of the first ones that was really in, inspirational. Uh, probably heard him in the early, early '90s. He died in a Jeep accident, I think, in his 40s, so ended his career early. Um, and just the songs just seemed. Uh, be at the right time of life, and they just made sense. And mm-hmm. the other one is a group, they're actually a heavy metal band, so maybe more people aren't into them, but the one thing that struck me about them is that they were passionate about the gospel. They were passionate about his word. So if you listen to anything from Disciple, um, they even have a song which um, is, is a musical melody of one of their other songs. And he just lays out the gospel, mm-hmm. like just who Jesus is and who Jesus came to save. And that was what really spoke. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much the music. It was the love that they had for Jesus and yeah. his word. And that, that mm-hmm. kind of superseded mm-hmm. the music that they would take a concert. And, you know, we're, we're just going to talk about your need for Jesus for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on the schedule, but that's what we're about.
2: Presenting uh, presenting the gospel and song is not the exclusive possession of one genre of of, of mm. music. Well, by, by the I want to, so I want to talk about about your particular album. Let's just start there. Uh, wh- shards what genre of essence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the album is shards of essence. Be still and know. And I actually want to ask you about the title. But well, how would you describe the genre of of, of, of your album?
3: Um, it's it's kind of a mix. Uh, my previous albums that i've done with other people was called a collage and i've often tried to do things in different styles just just for the fun of it Mm -hmm. even if i stink at it just like all right can a white boy rap well (laughs) that was the name of one of our songs white boy rap and it was just a funny silly song and ironically enough that's one of the songs that continues to get played and maybe secular world places all over. Like, wow. not a lot, but I'd almost like to be there and just listen to, well, actually see somebody's facial expression when they hear this song, which is on their Good Rap channel, which isn't good rap. <laughs> um, but so, they're different styles. So, I'll just try um, acoustic, rock, sometimes folky, mm-hmm. um, and kind of swings back and forth. I've tried some bluesy stuff have tried uh there's one song has kind of a 70s feel to it mm-hmm. um so just like to experiment with different stuff just to see what it does so i don't know that i have a style i guess maybe yeah. if i settled into one maybe but i haven't really settled into one
2: there's a, a blend at, at a this blend. point i like to just yeah.
3: try different things and just see yeah see what it does
2: so the title shards of essence be still and know many of us would be familiar with be still and know, assuming it's the biblical reference, mm. but shards of essence. What, what what are you trying to communicate in that, those three words, shards of essence? I think
3: just the raw essence of our being that, um, in our world today, and maybe it has been for a long time, but, but it seems very evident that people are hurting on levels. Families are fractured, um, political tensions are high. You don't even have to say much and you can get people to disagree and want to fight with you when you're a Boston Red Sox fan and you go to Yankee Stadium and just for wearing a Yankees hat, you're going to get beat up. I mean, there's something wrong with our identification, with our connections when we're so tribally associated that we, we're willing to hurt people unless people agree 100% with us. And it's like uh, just evidence of our hurt and and Jesus came to enter into our hurts, and, and so it's, it's the shards of our essence that are just broken in so many tiny, fractured, powdery pieces that like it, it, it's trying to convey just a level of brokenness that I think reflects a reality where, where most of us live. We live in a place where we're so connected with the internet, but we're so disconnected we don't have real connections with people, we want to have real conversations, we want to be accepted, we want to be able to ask questions that are really deep in our soul, not because we want someone to judge us for not having the right answers, we just want to be able to engage and we don't have an outlet or a place to do that, so it evidences itself in brokenness and hoping that people can see, even from the title art, that, you know, that's what, Jesus is doing, he's got his hands out there to catch the shards of our essence and he just holds us. Mm -hmm. He doesn't fix us necessarily. He just sits with us in our brokenness until we're ready to work with him and partner with him in being put back together.
1: So I I like that. I like that analogy, that that picture, the picture literally, not just a picture metaphorically. You want to show that? That that, would be kind of neat to see. Because uh, um, I, I think that one is not just, is it excellent art, but it illustrates, it's a good illustration of what you were just describing. Um, so you got two hands and what looks like a pane of glass that has been shattered into a million separate pieces. Uh, whose hands are those in the picture?
3: I would see them as being Jesus's hands yeah, okay. coming to hold us, and the, all, the, the album I have a second one. This is not. This is photocopied art, which is not nearly as good, but it has one of the earlier things, uh, art things. So it shows shards of essence and a name written here on the side. I that was the only one I had. I don't think I printed it anymore. This but is a local <laughs> artist? Yeah, this is a friend of mine from. 20, wow, how, how long ago? Like 35 years, so I've known them since I was probably five years old, and they went to art school and just become a close friend of our family. Uh, Shelly is her name, and uh, Shelly Parks now. She does a great, great work with artistic stuff, and I just talked to her. and I'm like, hey, I'm trying to do an album. Would you be willing to draw something for me? I'm like, well, how could we create something where you have, like, a heart, like, shattered and broken, but, like, And then through dialogue, came up with what is Mm -hmm. is now here at this point. I
1: think it's a great, great visual and uh, and a poignant one too, because I mean that's really very relatable, like all the things that you just described. But like we we all are broken in some fashion, Mm -hmm. and if it wasn't for the loving hands of Christ healing us, we would be like you know like a thousand individual shards. Of essence. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's cool. That's that's pretty neat. Um, that's pretty neat. That's there's a there's an artistic quality just in the title and the album art that I, I appreciate that.
2: So you've got so you've got the shards of essence, these sharp fragments of our brokenness that's conveyed in the in the in the, the album graphic. Um, and I just wanna I wanna I have in front of me uh, the description that you wrote for the album. I'm just Mm -hmm. going to read that, and I want to ask you a question about it. But um, you wrote for your description, um, Pain is something we all experience. Sometimes we never find any comfort or healing. I share with you some of my journey in song. There are ups and downs, ebbs and flows. There is hope, and I am finding it comes when I am honest about where I actually am. When we acknowledge where we are, then we can start to discover the beautiful gems that were made to be a blessing to the world. And I'm just... I'm just, I guess I've got a couple of questions, interrelated questions here. One is, um, are we, like, let's say, particularly in a church context, although this is relevant, you know, to humanity as a whole, but in a church context, are we, are we comfortable with, with, with lament, with songs of lament, with lamenting our, our brokenness, our pain, our sin, um, Mm Why is it often so difficult for us to be honest about where we actually are? Just feel free to comment on that.
3: <laughs> it, it, it's just hard in general because we, from an early age, I don't think we really are comfortable with ourselves. We, we don't, I mean, the the point when the, the first time you hear your voice, it makes us uncomfortable. We don't like the sound that we feel because we haven't come to the point where we truly accept and love ourselves as the gift god made us he god's perspective never changed in the garden when adam and eve ran away god came in where are you he wasn't asking like i don't know where you are but he was asking more like well i left my keys right here or i left my thing here why aren't my keys where i left them why are you saying that you're naked because i made you perfect there shouldn't be any shame in that. And I think that stems at the heart of where we struggle is, is 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 with that that very issue. And and so being honest means we have to come to accept God's view of who we are and who he made us to be. And a lot of times we don't use our gifts. We we don't share. We hide them in the corner. We hide our lights because we're not comfortable because we haven't learned how loved we really are. We're we're being veiled by darkness to be seen and not able to see the gift that God gives, and He gives us each a gift to share, and and I think in that is part of our struggle that we're not really comfortable just being us, and we're not comfortable failing because we're not comfortable being us, so we're performance based, and God said, there's no performance. You don't have to do good, I already love you, I already care about you, the problem is. My inner self often doesn't believe that. I can consciously say that in my head. Oh yeah, yeah, I believe that. But in reality, I don't inside. Like, why is that? The reality is that inside voice is like, no, that's not really true. That's why the anxiety is still here. Or that's why this is true. That's why you're still scared. Because if I really trusted him inside and out, then there wouldn't be space for fear. But the reality is we wrestle with getting that inner voice to, to believe. Um, it, and so to be able to be honest, it's really hard because then we have to just accept people where they're at and not trying to fix them. And if if I know I can't come somewhere without being safe to share, then I'm not going to share. I'm not going to be honest. So it, it's kind of twofold that we've created a culture of judgmentalism uh, towards each other, um, and you don't have to go far beyond siblings in a house. Mm. And you've already got this fight for power and fight for value, fight for who's most important, fight for who goes first, that the best way to do that is to exploit the weaknesses of my other people and put them down. And and until we find a way to have inner strength to overcome that, we're going to find all sorts of ways to alleviate our, Pain and suffering, um, and ergo drugs, alcohol, addictions, power, money, activities, sports. We chase all of these things. Not that those things, well, drugs may be not being used properly, but most of those things aren't necessarily bad, things are just being used improperly.
2: Mm-hmm. What, like, what would it look like for and this? Open discussion here. Well, like, what would it look like for the church to uh, our church or or, or any church um, to to you know more deliberately incorporate songs of, of songs of, of lament, whether it's whether it's lamenting our sinfulness or whether it's lamenting um, just the, the the brokenness and pain of the fall of the fallen world? Like, what because what it seems like we, I would say, we do that infrequently. But I would say it's also very, it would be very beneficial because it connects with like where we actually live, what we actually experience. So what would that look like?
1: Hmm. I think songs of lament are exceptionally important because we live in a society that has reason for lament. But it's going to be uncomfortable because in order to lament, you need to have an understanding of what that sin is. So you have to actually look at the sin and it's more comfortable to put the blinders on and obscure ourselves from looking at the sin um, <clears throat> to avoid gazing at it and then experiencing the, the true lamentation that it should cause you know in, when we understand the righteousness of God and we understand the depravity of sin that sh- those two should come together to produce an attitude that is that is righteous and, and it's lamenting um, because we are we are broken, and but we don't want to look at that brokenness. We don't want to acknowledge that brokenness. We don't want to draw attention to that brokenness because uh, you know, there's there's a you know, societal perception of weakness or vulnerability um, that you know that's that's pretty valid. You are making yourself vulnerable in the hands of a mighty and awesome God when you are willing to lament before Him. Um, so I think it's a, that's an incredibly important thing. But also a difficult thing for our our natural, our sin nature, our human nature. Because we want to, you know, suck it up, drive on, ignore it, obscure it, conceal it, deny it. You know, mm-hmm. all these protective measures are like woven into our sin nature. And our pride is kind of a driving force behind that. Uh, it's just kind of like off-the-cuff thoughts <laughs> yeah no and I think
3: with the, the righteousness they're having it, it's hard to lament so if if God is this evil dictator who's just there to punish sin I don't really feel like I've lost anything but if this is somebody who deeply cares about me mm-hmm. so it's experiencing that love with the holiness of God and understanding the sin that it caused and it it it, it, it would drive me more Home to him because it's not just that the having that relationship, you know what's lost. You, you, you know that you've lost something. But if I'm just separated without knowing what I'm separated from, then why do I want to be reunited with that which I don't even know? Hmm. And, and and just trying to find that in, in in songs of lament, in church. I don't know. I guess if we just started to endeavor to be honest. Um, We're a very manipulative society, even in our subconscious statement. So if I'm going somewhere, you go somewhere, and if I say, oh, man, isn't it a beautiful day? I'm subconsciously trying to tell you to agree with me that it's a beautiful day.
2: And if I don't agree with you, it might feel awkward to tell you that I I disagree with you. Like, no, it's not. I don't think it's a beautiful day. (laughs) No, there's tension.
3: (laughs) Right, and there's this sense where we are constantly, and, and I'm not making a dig at that. It, it, it's just showing the reality that we're on this constant mission to make people agree with what we have to say, as opposed to coming to people and being on discovery and to find out, well, what treasures did God make over mm-hmm. here? He made this treasure here. He made this treasure here. Well, what does that treasure do? Let me find out about that treasure. Um, and if we're on a treasure hunt and we re- realize that we're valued, it's easier to Process those laments. Uh-huh. Um, to be able to share those songs because it's not just in a body of people we're sharing. Excuse me. Um, we're sharing our woes and our feels with people that we can trust. But we don't share our woes and things with people that we think are going to throw apples, knives, and stones at us.
2: Right. Right.
3: That That's just not going to happen.
2: Right. So...
3: I don't know if that helps answer the question, but but those backdrop fillers kind of need to be there to help make lament possible. And there's just a sense where we have to listen to each other more than we want to speak
2: to people. I would also propose. I mean, I think these things are interrelated in terms of in terms of ha- you know cultivating a an honest culture. But I would also say that that. Um, having songs of lament including ones that you know flow right out of the scriptures Mm -hmm. um, would actually would actually help to build an honest culture because if we if we if we come if we come to church with the mindset that i'm you know i i i ought to be i ought to be doing well and feeling great and everything's going awesome today and if it's not i'm going to pretend it is whereas if we're coming to church and among other things we're, we're we're confessing sin we're we're aching for God to show up in the midst of our brokenness and we're singing songs along those lines then that, that could help to oh these people these people aren't pretending that everything is always awesome like they're like they're in touch with reality so i think that that could also help to help to you know encourage honesty
1: yeah for sure yeah, in, in real hardship Delusion is no comfort. I mean, it, it, no. it maybe for the short term, but it's, it's it's a facade at its core. So it's not going to have the substantive staying power that is necessary in true hardship. You know, there's you can't put on the rose-tinted glasses in in, in genuine hardship. And and maybe it's hardship. Maybe it's sin that produces hardship. Maybe it's the situations around you that produce the hardship. Whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I do see there's a relationship between lamentation, lamenting, and repenting. Um, yeah, and these yeah. things dovetail together, um, th- though not synonymous. They're they're very connected, interconnected. Um, and we do a disservice if there's like real hardship in the world, and we put on the rose tinted glasses and just pretend, like 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 uh, ostriches with our heads buried in the sand that, that it's not actually real. And it's not actually happening. Uh, that doesn't do anyone, that doesn't help. Uh, sometimes things are just lousy, and, and it's okay to to acknowledge that they're lousy. Um, and then to bring that lousiness before the feet or the hands, in this case, of the one who cares and can heal that, that hurt in the heart, and maybe remove the lousiness, maybe not. Maybe provide grace to deal with the lousiness, which I think is even more superior than moving the lousiness.
2: -hmm. is the is the um you 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 are evidently uh drawn to the psalms uh you know three three of your three of your three of your 17 songs on the album are are uh you know rendering uh you know the eight verse stanzas in Psalm 119 and then also another song incorporates Psalm 23 and perhaps there's even other uh, references as well but at least those four songs stick out as being heavy you know psalms and um are you do you find yourself drawn to the psalms because of the like authentic you know seeking after God and wrestling before God
3: um not actually as much the 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 psalms were from like you know it'd be fun to just have Psalm 119 in song form, but it's really big, so you can't make one song <laughs> Right. with Psalm 119. But there are, what, 23 letters? I'm going to get that wrong. But the Hebrew 22. Hebrew alphabet, yeah. 22? Yeah, yeah. And and so what if you could take the, the stanzas because they have the same letter, so it's going to be Aleph, right. Aleph, Aleph, Aleph. All right, so all those start. So for memory for a Hebrew person, they could remember that because it was always starting with Aleph for this stanza. And so, what if we had a English version with music, with different styles in it that that could draw people to pay attention to those words and, and maybe get it to stick in us? That was it. So there's three of those in there. Maybe someday the the remaining what 19, 19. will get done. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, <clears throat> Uh, call out 333 is actually Jeremiah 33 3. Okay. It's almost word for word. Jeremiah and Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet oftentimes. And uh, he's one of those guys who gets to give the word of God, have it burn in his bones, and have nobody listen to him. And he gets carried away in exile and brought to Egypt after 50 years of ministry. So. What was the success? The success was not around him. His 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 job was to just tell people. Mm-hmm. He'd write the manuscript, give it to the king, throw it up, put it in the fire. All right. Let's go right another. Rewrite one. It. <laughs> um and this is his prophet. He didn't get success. Mm-hmm. But he was faithful mm-hmm. and, and, and he stayed in it. And the the call out three three three, it's it's verses one through three. It's Jeremiah thirty three, one through three, I think of There's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's uh, a sense where most I don't want to say most people, but some people would say that we are three parts in humanity: uh, soul, spirit, and body. Soul, mind, body. Uh, You could quibble on like how you define those things, but I mean, there's there's a sense of um, just connecting with certain things of portions of scripture in the Bible, which kind of speak to us when we're having a hard time. Um, when the Israelites are getting called to go to Babylon, and he gives them in Jeremiah the the 70-year promise that uh, I'm going to bring you back. I Go plant fields, go have a future, and in 70 years I'm going to send you back to this place, but I've got plans for you, plans for good. Um, and, and so it's just remembering that message that we have someone who wants us. Mm-hmm. And the whole gospel is that Jesus, with the Spirit, with the Father, created us in creation, and then things went off track. And ever since, he's been calling us back. Mm-hmm. He, he's just been chasing us, and his mm-hmm. position's never changed. He believes that we are beautiful, amazing Creatures made in his image and he wants relationship with us Mm -hmm. and He's willing to chase us No matter the cost Mm -hmm. and that's how much he wants us And, and that so when I see those passages stick out sometimes they 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 jump out a little bit more and it resonates because my mindset isn't always I'm down with receiving that. (laughs) Many times I'm not. I'm not down with receiving any of your grace right now. This hurts too much. I don't care. I'm too frustrated. He just sits there, waits, doesn't judge until he sees I'm ready because he knows our frames. He knows how we work and he knows that broken people who are hurting don't need you to tell them that they're broken. You don't need to do that. You just need to sit with them, weep with them, hang out with them until they're ready to start a journey of healing. And so I think about those. So I'd say those types of scriptures are ones that kind of jump out and they kind of infiltrate through different parts of the prophets and Torah and in the Gospels and, and through there. So I, don't, so I kind of navigate towards those ones. And then um, just different things are just things that stick out Maybe someone told me something or there's a, a verse that I'm really drawn to because of the truth in that particular verse. At yeah. That
2: moment. Yeah. One of my one of my uh, favorite songs uh, on your album is Peace. Um, and uh, maybe you can reflect on it a little bit, but just for, from from my uh, uh, you know, recollection uh, of because I've been listening to it and my recollection of what you're doing there in in, in, in peace is you're kind of going through uh, Psalm 23 kind of singing it in in three parts and then after each part you're kind of you're kind of uh, uh, lamenting or acknowledging the fact that though there's this beautiful you know promise in front of me nevertheless in this moment I'm I'm not feeling peace mm-hmm. you know and then and then after you've gone through Psalm 23 then you you know then you kind of you, you know look forward to the promise of the Lord's coming but then why do we have to endure all this, all this hate, this lack of shalom in the present. And then you, then you shift over to a portion of the Lord's prayer, uh, you know, your kingdom come and, uh, just real, really well done. Like I, I really, I really, I really appreciate the, the interactive engagement with scripture and here is scripture, but here's what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And so maybe Actually, that song was
3: composed during 2020. Haha, shocker. Okay. Covid song. <laughs> okay, the covid inspired song. <laughs> Where did peace go? Why did everybody just lose their minds and stop seeing each other? And and and, and so whether it's end times, there's those who look at the rapture and think I'm just going to get out of here and but that that that's not the message that God has for us. even if God is going to come with the rapture, my mission should still be blessing and bringing shalom to people. And it shouldn't be a hope just to run away so I can just, see a suckers, you guys are all just gonna burn. Like, wait a second, that, that's not the message of shalom. That's not the message that, that God gave you. So often in my heart and my actions, I think that's what comes across. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's shameful that my inner voice will say that, but my, my head voice says I don't say that, but my inner voice and my actions shout that to people who watch them on my actions so it's kind of a wrestling match between uh, the lord is my shepherd uh, you're talking about the lamenting for peace that isn't here and and then like we know he's coming back but yeah i got to get comfortable with staying there's there's mm-hmm. this tension between and, and i don't know how else to, to phrase it maybe someone else can phrase it but, but but this conscious decision of what i think i want and then the inner reality of what i'm experiencing um Mm -hmm. and and trying to get those two to become one and in that process it's it's really messy and Mm -hmm.
2: um not easy yeah no and, and i mean that is that is so much of the actual challenge of sanctification anyway the process of growing in our walk with god because because if we're honest then there often is a disconnect between between what the word declares to be objectively true and my own experience. So somehow like that's got to get resolved and I, I need, I need to grow into what God wants for me. But if I, if, if I, if I just sink inwardly to just my own subjective emotions and that's just where I camp out, well then I'm kind of, I get lost in myself. But if I, but if I just like, you're talking about like the head thing, like if I just put my head in the Bible and Tell my, tell you know, tell my, tell myself over and over again what is true, but my my heart, my mind, and my will aren't really being caught up in that. Then 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 you're, then it's just talk, can become hypocritical. So, the marriage of those two things is is largely the task of, you know, for the truth to actually truly transform us in the depths of our being. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we all want, as well, believers? I Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, I hope Depends so. on the day. Well, <laughs>
1: I, I see our need to be strong and courageous as an active command that we should be growing in. And we are, you know, we are all growing. You know, no one is mature the way he ought to be mature. And we're all growing. And in growing, there is pain pain is a natural process, a natural part of the growth process it's not supposed to be easy it's not easy on purpose, like it's meant to be hard, it's meant to be a challenge, we're meant to require his grace in order to endure and to be strong and courageous like we need his grace in order to do that and in in the need of that grace we, we start to grow in maturity as we ought and as we should, and as we've been shown. And for me, I, I see a lot of that stemming from that, that, that command to Joshua to be strong and courageous. And uh, I think that um, we, we all would benefit from adopting that in our own lives. Um, because that, that strength, that, that being strong and courageous is what I mean by that, is, is the walking in faith obedience it's not comfortable. Like this, this sermon series that you've been uh, expounding upon, uh, um, none of these things are easy. No, they're not. And, and that, that's good. And, and it's easy for us to say, because it's not easy, it's bad. That's, that's like very like natural. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's not the case. God has made it hard, and he's put it there so that we can walk in faith obedience and grow in strength and courage. Um, And I think that that is, you know, I I want to understand that better. Because as I understand that, it, it it has opened up many doors in my own spiritual walk where maybe it's not so bad that it's hard. Maybe that's really not the problem. Maybe the problem is actually here. And that I am not willing. Or I am not, if I, I don't believe that I am capable, and that's kind of, I think, more of it. It's not so much that I'm not willing, but I believe that I'm not capable of walking in faith obedience. I believe I'm not capable of being strong and courageous as I ought to be, as I've been shown to be. Um, and, and that that's, you know, that's the inherent brokenness that is inside of all of us. And, you know, God is calling us out of that. He's calling us to restoration. He's calling us to healing. He's calling us into his bosom, into his family, um, and uh, I, I just really would love, you know, for my brothers and sisters to 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 be walking in that path, to be growing in that. And I think lamentation is a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> element.
2: Now. So there's you know there, there's 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 lamentation there's the psalms there's there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of family songs, um, in your album there's also there's also three, uh, what we might call more like classics mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah. J- uh, Jesus loves me yeah. how great Thou art, and uh, when I survey um, what 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 role what role do like more classical or traditional. Uh, songs like that kind of play in your own like spirituality of music or your own experience of worship?
3: Um, I think those three stuck out just part of part of it comes back to like in music recording or editing or you're making something it's all about polishing up the imperfections and making sure that everything's perfect everything sounds perfect there's no this that and I think sometimes I find that I do that in music but there's uh, this guy, Mike, um, in college. And uh, at college, you'd have to give a sermon uh, for your last year, and you'd have to deliver it to the student body. And this person uh, wanted to uh, give his sermon, and he wanted to sing a particular hymn. Now, the thing you have to know about Mike is Mike couldn't sing. He was terrible. Hmm. He stunk really bad. But when he sang he sang from his heart. Mm -hmm. There was nothing about him in that song. Mm -hmm. It was raw worship in that Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And and, and that's where um, some of that comes from, that sometimes when we sing, we want it to be perfect. We want it to be pretty. We want it to um, be the image that we think that we are. But when I find we're willing to be truly honest, and let the real flaws come out, God can do amazing things. I imagine the five loaves and two fishes, I'm like, God, all right, here are my moldy bread that I'm giving you, and uh, my uh, half-scrawny, cut-up fish, and what can you do with that? What can you do with that if I'm just willing not to put the wax on my fish and, and hide it and polish it, but with my worship, am I willing to just be me if I hit a bad note or if I'm overcome by emotion or the thought of our own sin is overwhelming when you think about um, your friend taking your place. Um, Are we willing to let that hang out there so that somebody else can see? Mm -hmm. So part of that was intentionally trying not to edit out excuse me, all the imperfections Yeah, yeah. and let God do with it as he sees fit and Mm -hmm. trust and and just, all right, I'm just going to put it out there. Mm -hmm. Does that mean there was no editing and no polishing? No, there was editing and polishing. Mm -hmm. However, there was an intentional attempt to to let those things be there. Um, Mm -hmm. Jesus Loves Me is such a classic song. It's so simple. And the message is so profound, I think that we forget that the message is there. Mm-hmm. You see, Jesus loves me, like, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 I already know that. No, <laughs> we don't know that. That's the problem. I can say it here, but I don't believe it in here. I, I hear it, but I don't believe it. And, and we can say we believe it, but the reality of our life says otherwise. And the the when I survey has that same feel. And the reason there's no lyrics along is like, you know, what would happen if you had a pensive time just pondering the lyrics before you actually sang them? That's why it's like seven or eight minutes long because it wasn't meant to be like you sit and mm-hmm. have this wonderful song to listen to on the radio. It was like, no, this is a time to be pensive, to, mm-hmm. to, to pause, mm-hmm. to, to ponder, and intentionally taking out the music at time to just leave the raw voice there. I'm 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 removing all the flowery things about this. I'm leaving the imperfections because this is it. This is me. And this mm-hmm. is what I got. Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes I feel like I want to doll myself up. I want to make myself look like I'm supposed to. No, I less is more. I just need to be me. And and if we would just start to Open the package of the present that God made us. Maybe some incredible things could happen. So that's kind of where those songs kind of fit in.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then there was another song. It was one of the. It was one of the latter songs where, uh, kind of, you you were actually like reading, or e- or even might be better to say, de- kind of declaring scripture. scripture, kind of in spoken voice while I think the music was still mm-hmm. playing.
3: Yep. Yep. So. Not, not a chance. My dad had a poem of sorts that he kind of wanted to have written, so I butchered it and put it in the song. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's no longer in its normal format, but it has that idea there and just taking um, the portion in, I think it's the, the passage in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but not just for I know the plans that I have for you, plans for good, mm-hmm. for hope and a future, but to take the context of that and mm-hmm. to read that into it, to take the context mm-hmm. of Romans that was that all things work together for good to mm-hmm. those who love God. All right. But what's, what's the greater context of that mm-hmm. and try to read a little bit more into that with the yeah. music and, yeah. and hope that um, nothing happens by chance. I mean, God is the master of the dice. If he wants you to get sevens, you're going to get sevens. And if, if, if not, then you're not gonna. So mm-hmm. he's, there aren't chances and we still get to choose. And so there's a, a tension yeah, that, try that God up, has. Try your head around that one. <laughs> yeah. God says you can choose, and I'm in control. Yeah. And both are 100% true. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to, I mean, set, uh, people have quibbled over that for, for years. Maybe it's just because we don't sit well with just trusting him when he says stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you say it's true. You say that's true. I have no idea how it works, but <laughs> here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so that, that was part of the song was to be able to get the scripture in connection with that concept that there aren't any meetings by chance. There aren't any detours that we have that aren't intentional Mm -hmm. and maybe rather than being irritated by the detours that mess up my perfectly planned day, maybe part of the perfectly planned day was this detour and Mm. I need to pay attention to the detour that's happening yeah, I'm not fixing my car today. I'm going to sit on the side of the road for three hours. What am I supposed to be seeing here while I'm on the side of the road as opposed to just creating all the anxiety, fear, mm-hmm. and frustration, the cost that's going to get this done, how many things I'm going to have to do at home when I get back. Mm-hmm. But what is this moment for? And, and, and I miss that more often than not, so making an, an intentional effort to be more aware of taking advantage of the moments that I have even though they're not the moments that I thought they should be
2: Hmm. no detours Mm -hmm. yeah he
1: opens doors and he closes doors and he is in control yeah It's not always easy.
2: (laughs) Well, you just talked
3: about it. It wasn't supposed to be easy. You didn't like
2: that. You you were... No, it's it's right. It's not easy,
1: and it's good that it's not easy, because if it was easy, then there would be be no reward. Uh,
2: So how, like, roughly... You mentioned one song going back to 2020. Like, roughly, this album represents how much how much time of about five years five years yeah five when years did you, of composition when yeah. did you know wow. when did you know that there was an album in the making at the beginning of the five years or no no just start writing something
3: put it in there um i work so I don't always get to sit in a studio and spend all day to to work on things week after week it's whenever time presents itself it's the the home studio with uh kid noises in the background. I think one of the songs I tried to edit some stuff out, and uh, I think it's, uh, which one is it? He is Coming, and I didn't get out. I think I'd bump my guitar or something, but it happened to bump it on uh, that trying to put God in a box. I'm like, okay, I couldn't have done that. That, Okay, it's staying. (laughs) But I was like, okay, God puts more of this together than I do. I mean, I can try, but I have Mm -hmm. home home studio vibes which means there's a family behind the back door screaming at you you're done recording that line I mm-hmm. want <laughs> I just want to go use the bathroom or you stop recording yeah. in your bedroom um, and and so over time when moments come you record something leave it there till you can come back to it and play with it listen to it again and mm-hmm. add something to it or some lyrics I'm like I have a I have a tune I have no idea what birds should be there oh well mm-hmm. and I walk mm-hmm. away and it right. sits there for yeah. Nine months to a year before, wow, I'll come back to it, and then maybe there's a new message that needed to be written. So I had to write the music, then God had to tell me what the the words were going to be a couple of years later, and then some stuff just gets written like in the same day. I'm like, oh wow, mm-hmm.
2: that was easy. Yeah, no, I I think we all we can all appreciate like sometimes there's just flashes of of insight or words or whatever you're, whatever. Craft mm. is, and it just comes together. And other times, it's it's painfully slow. Mm-hmm. Or I was just like, I can't, I just can't do this right now. I don't have the brain space mm-hmm. to do this right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's important to be patient in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it shows. Like seventeen songs. That's a lot of work, dedication. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and um, you know, I I, I encourage you. Uh, I'm. Some of you have probably heard his album, but if you haven't. Um, I would encourage you to, uh, to check it out. Um, where I, where I, uh, when we post this online or email this out, I'll include the website, uh, Jonathan's uh, website for his album from which you can access purchase, depending on, you know, what platforms you're on, uh, you can either access or purchase his music. So, yeah, right, but I encourage you to listen to it. It's, it's, it's really well done. Um, so, And so, are you up for playing a song for us?
3: I can give it a whirl. See if my hands up. Okay. Well,
2: why don't you go get your guitar, and we'll we'll, uh, what we'll do is we'll kind of do our we'll do our little customary sign off here, and then and then we'll give Jonathan uh, the last uh, the last the last word, so to speak, uh, the last song. (laughs) Um, But um, we we appreciate. It's been a good conversation. Uh, uh, So it's been been good to have uh, have Jonathan um, on the podcast today. as always you know we we appreciate caleb lynch on engineering aaron Darrow with his music at the beginning of the podcast and you've probably noticed uh we've got a third microphone uh and it's this is what you see you see the third microphone what you don't see is this rather sophisticated technological device over here that hopefully is working as we speak to get this uh three microphone audio to you um so and so you know somebody funds were actually donated um uh to purchase these items so uh again this is just a team effort you got you got any final things to say before we oh, let Jonathan yeah, just, come in?
1: Yeah, thanks to all those same people and and to the donation and to caleb and and uh to aaron and we can't do it without you and uh yeah just we'll sign off with a prayer and and john's song
2: yeah we'll go ahead and do the, do the prayer and then we'll let jonathan sing and we'll, you and i will Step Perfect. step aside. Perfect.
1: Well, thank you, Father. We appreciate this time and opportunity to gather around and discuss Jonathan and his album, and your word, and what what how we can how we can better represent you through art. And we just really appreciate having Jonathan here, and we appreciate you, our listeners, and we just thank you, Father, and we ask that you would just send everyone off with uh, grace and your peace. Jesus name. Amen. All right.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. We'll step aside so you can play.
0: to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time when he was in prison. This is a law